Hi, I'm Steve Lance, your host of the Capitol Report on NTD News. If you have not done so yet, please hit that subscribe button to stay up to date with all of the latest news coming out of the nation's capital and beyond. And TikTok is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Chinese efforts to infiltrate the United States. To discuss Chinese infiltration as well as efforts to stop them, we just had a chance to sit down with Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger of Tennessee. Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here. Congresswoman, uh, there's a lot of attention that's been shifted to China right now. Uh, what are you sensing in the Hill? What are, what are going to be some of the next steps to hold China accountable? The first thing we voted on was uh, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve Act to where you know, who we may have never have known that we had sold, that the Biden administration sold oil to China, but we put a, uh, a stop to that with this legislation. And, you know, the funny thing is we had a lot of bipartisan support on that. That's one thing. You know, don't embolden your adversaries by giving them what we are paying a higher price for. That's ludicrous. And, you know, the... Um, the new, uh, it's not, I was on the China task force, but there's a new, uh, something similar to the China task force that Mike Gallagher, Representative Gallagher is doing. It's a, a strategic committee to look at different things like um, things I've talked about for 25 years as far as them holding us hostage because they they hold 90% of the world's uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients and finished products. And, mm. you know, they're going to be looking at things like that. What's the next move that China's going to make against Taiwan? There's many things ahead, and they just blatantly and, and are emboldened to say, look, this is our 2035 plan, and we have a 100-year a, a plan, and nobody's going to stop us. Look at the balloon, for example. Right. What are your constituents saying uh, with, with China in the news? Specifically, you're seeing this balloon. You're seeing the origins of COVID now being validated by the uh, Department of Energy's um, intelligence wing and also the FBI director. Yeah. What do you make of all of this? Well, two years ago on Homeland, I got to talk to uh, and question Director Ray. I said, do you agree that China is the biggest uh, national threat to our um, security? He goes, Yes, Congresswoman, I do, mm. because of the stealing intellectual property. Look at what TikTok is doing to our young people. You know, we have a hearing coming up on energy and commerce with uh, the CEO of TikTok, and I can't wait, and it's coming up in March. You just get ready because it's, it's going to be a good one. And it's just they are infiltrating, you know, and I, I have to bring this up. I went to Israel over the break on an educational, with an educational society about U.S.-Israeli, um, you know, relationships and how important and how critical they are because we're wanting to put an FDA facility in the Middle East, uh, in Israel, as a matter of fact, to push back on China. But even they, you know, they're trying to get away and, and tell their people, look, don't do business with China. It just emboldens them. We need to be self-reliant, and I've said this many times, self-reliant, and then depend on our allies for things that we need that we can't make right here. But uh, it is the biggest national security threat to our country mm. is China and their plans to take us down. And the reason I'm, I mentioned Israel, the briefing was they are poisoning our youth with fentanyl. It's coming from the Chinese and the pre-logs and analogs are coming across the Mexican border but it's the same thing, and it's going to wipe out a generation here. The same thing's happened in Syria with another drug. 
their plan is to take a generation out who will be able to save Syria. It's the same thing that's happening right here. China can poison America, take out the youthful generation that will be here to protect us from adversaries. I mean, you couldn't have made this up even 10 years ago, but now we see it coming to fruition right here. Speaking of education in our youth, uh, you have the poisoning of fentanyl, but you also have the poisoning of the uh, mind. Yes. Uh, you've been very outspoken about this. Mm -hmm. What are some of Congress's priorities when it comes to uh, education? Speaker McCarthy, you know, with the commitment to America, we have a parental bill of rights. Parents should be involved in their children's education. They should absolutely know what's being taught. They should see what we're paying for in the curriculum and what the results are. You know, if you want transcripts, and we want to protect our children's privacy, that's a huge part of the commitment to America and the uh, Parental Bill of Rights. Look, we've seen over, and it's not been overnight, it's been happening for the last 40 years, the indoctrination in our higher educational systems. And now, um, you know, I have grandsons, six and eight, and I absolutely worry about their future. That's why I'm here doing what I'm doing. Congresswoman Diana Harshbarger, thank you so much. My pleasure. Speaking of the U.S.-Mexico border, let's turn our attention to illegal immigration, a trade that is highly lucrative for the Mexican cartels operating in the very area where the two Americans have just been killed. To discuss the border crisis, we had a chance to sit down with Chad Wolf, former acting secretary of Homeland Security during the Trump administration. Chad Wolf, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Good to be here. Chad, uh, right now on the southern border, it's still a major issue. Um, what would you say is the biggest number one issue um, down there? Well, I think you got two, uh, frankly. You got the, the amount of human trafficking that's occurring along that border when we see the numbers coming across every single month. It's not getting better, it's getting worse. And then the two would be the illegal narcotics and the fentanyl crisis that we that is gripping America. The vast majority, I would say over 90% are coming across that southern border. So there's, there's two common denominators in both of those, and that's the Mexican cartels. These are transnational criminal organizations that should be public enemy number one for the United States. They should be dedicating a lot of our resources, both from the intelligence community, but also from the president and it's National Security Council. We should be figuring out what to do about that because they're killing Americans every single day. I think there's a lot of us that really don't know the extent of what human trafficking actually is. I mean, you have extensive experience down there. Could you kind of drill that down? I mean, it's, it's horrendous. It's one of the most horrendous things that you'll ever see and witness. And I, I saw a lot of it during my time at DHS. All of these individuals that want to come here to the United States, and I don't begrudge any of them, a lot of them want to come here for a better life. Uh, some, a very small percentage, are being persecuted back in their home countries. Um, and so we have an asylum system built up to where they can seek protections. But what we know, and the numbers bear this out, is that everyone coming here claims asylum and it's being abused and there's an immense amount of fraud. And the cartels know this, and so they traffic people here and smuggle people here across that border, and it's very very dangerous. The cartels don't care about human life. All they care about is profit and money. And so whether you have the money up front, they prefer to, you know, it'll cost you somewhere between seven and $20,000 to get across that border, or whether you work it off here in the United States, if you can't afford it, you're basically in servitude to them. And how are these people working it off? Yeah, uh, obviously it's under the table. Um, the cartels will help set them up with jobs. They'll hold family members ransom back home. You have to continue to pay it and you'll, they'll soon realize is 
they're never going to pay that debt off. And so it just continues on and on and on and on. And so the crisis that we see and the numbers that we see, why it's so terrible and why I'm passionate, and you'll see others here passionate about it, it's because of the human aspect of this. It's that human trafficking. It's the human misery and the suffering. And the fact that the Biden administration refuses to uh, it really acknowledge this or they continue their policies knowing that this is their policies are what's encouraging what we call pull factors. They're pulling people to the border with that pull factors, all this misery and all this trafficking. And we are we've seen numbers and we're seeing numbers in the desert and on the river that we've never seen before. The amount of migrants that are dying every single day, astronomically high dwarfs anything that what we saw during the Trump administration. Yet I got letters from members of Congress on the on the Democrat side every single day, every time a migrant died in the in the desert, how terrible the Trump administration was because of our policies. Yet you don't hear anything from them today. And it's still happening. It's it, well, it's happening in, in numbers that we've never seen before. Chad, I want to ask you, how effective do you think, um, you know, some of the southern states uh, essentially busing some of these illegal immigrants to the northern states has been? Yeah, so I, I actually think it's made a difference. It's made a difference maybe in the type of coverage and the type of attention that this administration is starting to place on this. They're still not making it a, a high priority. But when you have the mayor of New York City, for instance, going to El Paso, I can't, I can't recall the last time that's happened. Why would the mayor of New York go to El Paso? What is his job duty in El Paso? Well, it's because he's getting migrants being bussed up from Texas and Florida. That's, and he's being overwhelmed, right? This idea that New York, a city of, I believe it's 9 million, maybe even higher, uh, cannot handle 50,000 or 60,000 migrants, yet we're asking communities of 20,000 in South Texas to take on the same number of migrants almost every month. You know, is it gives you a sense of what's going on. So this idea of not only is it Governor Abbott and Governor DeSantis and others, not only is there a necessity to bust these migrants, there's no other else to put them in the state of Texas. They're overwhelmed. The facilities are overwhelmed, so you got to move them out. But this idea of until it shows up on people's doorstep, they're not going to pay attention. Well, I think we've proved that they've proved that to be the case. New York wasn't paying attention. They weren't commenting on this. Now they are. Chad Wolf, thank you so much. Thanks. I just want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. If you enjoy our content, please leave us a rating and a review as it really goes a long way in helping us spread the truth. Until next time, I'm your host, Steve Lance at NTD, and we'll see you soon.